I'm Jordy. And I'm Juliet. And this is Diaper Baggage, a podcast that shows you how to get rid of the mom guilt. On this week's episode, we talk nudity and condiments. 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 <laughs> Plus body after baby. So hi, we haven't seen each other in so long. I know, we went for a week where we saw each other like three times in one week. The last episode, I think we had seen each other yeah. multiple times. And then we've both been traveling a lot. Mm-hmm. You were in Hawaii. I was in Hawaii. I think I was in Texas before Yeah, then. I don't think I've seen you since Texas. We were supposed to record an episode a couple of weeks ago, and I listened to my own advice, or our own advice, and texted Juliet on the day and said, look, I just, I can't do it today. I've got too much on my plate, and it was... I had to say no. Mm-hmm. And it was fine. And like everything is fine. Like right. this is supposed to be a fun thing. Right. And it's not supposed to add stress to our life. So I took our own advice and said no as much as I would have loved talking to you a couple of weeks <laughs> ago. Um, I think it was important for like my sanity. Yeah. To uh And well now I got to see your new haircut. Oh yeah. I it chopped really my hair good. off. It was really fun. <laughs> I feel much lighter now. It looks um, extra shiny and healthy. Oh, well, thank yeah, you. You know. <laughs> I just look so nice today. <laughs> um, but yes, we've both been traveling a lot. You were in Atlanta. You were in uh, England. In England. I went to a strip club on Saturday night after the wedding. How's ha- that? Happy birthday. Atla- an Atlanta strip club. <laughs> yeah, so in Atlanta, strip clubs, uh, as I've learned, are a very important part of Atlanta culture. Um, a lot of music gets its start there, business deals are done there. And so one of the most famous places is called the Claremont Lounge. Um, and some of the strippers there are in their 60s and 70s. Damn. Um, I mean, they look like they're in their 60s and 70s. <laughs> this is not like, a, oh my God, I can't believe that. It's like one of them, her name was Portia. She's fabulous. I want to hang out with her. She came up to us and she was like, I can't do a really good Southern accent, so I'm not even going to try. But she was like, oh, I was born in the same county as Dolly Parton, and we're the exact same age. And when I was younger, everybody used to think I was Dolly. And then she, like, popped her tits out. Like, it was just, like, the whole thing was just so over the top and unbelievable. Wow. And it was, I mean, that was literally the wedding after party. We all rolled up That's to the That's a great wedding lounge. after party. Yeah. It was a blast. Uh, and then, yeah, I was in England. I brought my mom. I went for work to check out a new hotel called Langley. How was it? It was wonderful. We um, took walks in the English countryside. Mm. And oh, you'll appreciate this as a fellow royal enthusiast. Mm. We went to Windsor Castle, which was only about like 20 minutes from there in uh, Buckinghamshire, Bucks, as they call it. Mm. And um, we were getting a tour of the castle. Mm -hmm. And they were like, Do you see that corner of the castle over there where the smoke's coming out? And I was like, Yeah. And they were like, that's the queen's fireplace. <gasps> so that's how you know when she's in residence. Oh, I saw your Instagram yeah. saying that. That's so cool. So, and she has a special flag that flies when she's there. So you can, if you're anywhere in Windsor, you can kind of look up. And if you see her flag, right. then you know she's hanging so out. So you know that the flag was very contentious point when Princess Diana died. No. Because they were at their um, uh, Scottish house. Well, I forget the name of the castle right now. But they had the flag raised because the queen was, that's where she was. Mm -hmm. And everyone said like, why aren't you lowering the flag? Ah. Even though it's, I don't think it's really like a British tradition the way it is in the U.S. when like someone, you know, an important person or a member of state 
passes away mm-hmm. and you, you know, you put the hat flag at half mass, but there was such an outcry that they did it for the first time in history. They took the, t- the flag down when the queen was there. That's a really good Is fact. That, isn't that a good fact? Totally unrelated. Another <laughs> awesome fact I learned yesterday that I feel like you appreciate. Okay. So here in New York, we had our first cold snap. Uh, Tuesday. Oh no, before that. Yeah, before that. But we had an especially bad one uh, Wednesday night. So I was wandering around and I was just seeing green ginkgo leaves everywhere. I don't know if you noticed this yesterday. Hmm. And I was like, what is going on? There wasn't a lot of wind. And it was so strange. Like everywhere I went in the city, they were just everywhere. And so I finally Googled it. And it turns out that ginkgo trees, unlike other trees where their leaves like turn yellow and then brown and then fall off, ginkgo leaves fall all at once as soon as there's a really cold, cold frost. They just what? drop them. So that's why they were everywhere. Interesting. I know. God, we're an educational show too. We are. This is great. I actually, I went to, another thing I did while you were gone, I went to trivia at a bar. Yes. One of our friends, Eliza, is like really into trivia and she has a team called, oh, now I can't remember, which is terrible. But anyway, I guest starred, Mike and I guest starred on the team and we won first place. Nice. Yeah. So. Good job. I was very proud of myself. That's awesome. (laughs) I love it. Um, I jumped out of a helicopter. (laughs) That's cooler. (laughs) That's a less nerdy thing to do. I mean, I guess. Um, But I got to do, I went to Hawaii for work as well, and I got to do this new Navy SEAL for a day diving experience that um, the Four Seasons in Oahu partnered with this new group called Trident Adventures that's run by former Navy SEALs. And so part of, the experience is they you jump out of a helicopter and it's not like skydiving or anything like you just you should put the picture on the diaper bag Instagram it's terrifying you just jump out of a helicopter (sighs) with just a wetsuit on and that's it and And you had like a like a short wetsuit it wasn't like full coverage I noticed right well the water's pretty warm but they said the reason that they even make you wear a wetsuit is because it makes you like pop up back up to the surface better. Like oh God, God. like God forbid you pass out. Did you have to, so when I <laughs> jump into water, I always get water up my nose. So I always have to hold my nose when I jump into a pool. Did you do that? N- no, you were, you had to cross your arms and legs. So cross your so arms. You just had to like blow water your nose really well. Yeah. I didn't even think about it actually. <laughs> it wasn't an issue, Okay, <laughs> but I was just more afraid of. Were you wearing goggles? No, the goggles were wrapped around my arm. Huh. I literally just like leapt into oh, the man. ocean off the helicopter. Surprisingly, I like wasn't as nervous as I thought I would be. Were you by yourself? Um, or did other people do it with you? There was, um, well, there was the pilot, the Navy SEAL, and then another guy in the plane, plane helicopter with me. Um, so oh he jumped, God. and then obviously the Navy SEAL jumped too, because then I went diving with him. So you just like jump out of the helicopter into the ocean get like a little rescue jet ski comes and gets you, brings you to the dive boat, which is already in the ocean. And then you like put on your scuba diving gear and like jump in the, and get in the water and go scuba diving. And like, were, I saw were a shark, you already like, scuba certified? I'm not certified. No, but I've gone. Scuba but you've diving done it before. before. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's still, you know, a little nerve wracking at one point, my gog, my mask filled with water and I freaked out. And so uh, he, he had to bring me to the surface. So much of this is my nightmare right now. Yeah. I mean, I'm really get, impressed by you. Once you get in like a groove, it's, it's fine underwater. But yeah, when my mask filled with water, I absolutely like panicked. At, at the same time, I'm like, well, I'm with the safest people in the world. Right. Yeah. Like I will not die. That is die. comforting. But so, <laughs> but for the helicopter part, 
I thought we were going to do like all these exercises. We literally, the helicopter was just parked on the ground and I fake jumped out of it twice and that was it. And then I got in a helicopter and went and did it in the ocean. That's incredible. You're, you're a superhero. It was about halfway through the fall. I was like, wow, that's higher than I thought. And then I just hit the water. <laughs> but at that point, what was I going to do? Yeah. But it was fun. It was I was fun. surprised when, because she put the video on her Instagram, uh, you didn't hesitate really. Or at least unless the unless there was more hesitation before the video no, started. It wasn't. Yeah, it really looked like you were just like, you took a deep breath and you're like, okay. And then you just jumped. I think, I mean, the more, if I would have thought about it, yeah. it would have probably, then I, I don't know. Yeah, I just didn't. That's a super fun thing to add to your bucket list, though, jumping well, out of a helicopter. Whole, yeah, that's, I didn't, it was like a bucket list item I didn't even know I had. Yeah. So it was, it was fun. I'm proud that I did it. I'm, I, I really I've am. been on a helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> well, and before, even before <laughs> jumping this crazy helicopter driver, I mean, they're all like the, the best in the world, but they bring you on like a mini tour. And it was like being on a roller coaster. I mean, there's no seats in the back. Like, I'm just sitting there with, like, a loosely strapped seatbelt on me. And they bring you, like, up over the ridge of, like, those Jurassic Park-looking mountains and stuff. And then they, like, drop. And it's, like, it was like a roller coaster. And then I jumped out of the helicopter. So I think my brain was just a little rattled at that point. Oh. Anyway. But, yes. So we've missed each other. Yeah. A lot has happened. I cut my hair. I jumped out of a helicopter. You went to a strip club with (laughs) six-year-old strippers and got to be in the same place as the queen. So I'd say... Yeah, we had a good run over the last few weeks. (laughs) (laughs) And now back to normal life and and talking mom stuff. Exactly. But you know what? We're not regular moms. We're cool moms. cool moms. Shit, we Googled. Um, So you Googled something this week that I... That was very hilarious. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so this week I Googled, at what age should you stop walking around naked in front of your child? <laughs> I feel like this is something Such I, good like, one. I never thought about before, but a few days ago I was, I don't even think I was fully naked. I think I had underwear on, but Wilder just kind of like came up and just kind of looked at like where a penis should be. Didn't say anything, but just you could tell his little brain was like, huh, like, what's, there's something different here <laughs> than dad and me. I don't know quite what it is. So I was, I was like, hmm, I wonder if like, I should not be walking around naked, but obviously he's like curious about his body. He's aware of his own penis. He he'll, he'll a lot of times he'll, in the bathtub, he'll just look down, grab it and go penis. I'm like, that is correct. Yes. That is your penis. <laughs> um, but you know, we both shower with him or bathe with him mm-hmm. I certainly get changed in front of him all the time so I thought it would be interesting to google like at what point maybe I should stop doing that and the response I saw online was interesting basically of course all of these things all, any parenting thing is going to say like whatever your comfort right, level right. is but it seems like there is kind of an age where there is a tipping point, and it's roughly five, six years old. I guess there's been studies huh. that up until that age, kids don't really interpret it as anything. Again, this is non-sexualized, dr- like right, dressing, right. bathing, very like yeah. non-sexual things, like obviously. <laughs> but they had to ca- they had to caveat it. Um, but up until that age, I guess it's like more of a curiosity thing, a learning process. But after that, it becomes like issues of privacy for your children and teaching boundaries and oh okay so it's sort of around that um 
tipping point, and I guess they said kids who were exposed to nudity frequently in their home from that point on, from, like, six on, I guess had higher instances of, like, having issues with sex and things like that in the future. Uh, who knows? But um, that sort of seems to be like the rough age. But I guess what m- the major consensus online was that kids will usually tell you like that they're it's making them uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And at that point, you and I stop. guess it goes both ways. Like at some point, right. you're if you kid, feel uncomfortable. Yeah. But I guess you know some people are like oh, I have kids that are twelve years old and they don't care that I'm walking, you know, that right. that they see my boobs changing or anything like that. Well, I'm like, like I'm sure it'll be different to, I mean, not to play too much into gender stereotypes, but like, I, I'm more comfortable with my mom naked, yes. right? And I'm sure Avi will be that way with me when I'm older. So I'm sure it, it also de- depends on, on the, the parent, s- right. you know? Right. Definitely. But yeah, they basically said to, it, it's also important to not necessarily be naked in front of your kids at an older age because it's important to teach them boundaries mm-hmm. so some so they know when they're in a situation where they might be naked with someone else or don't want to be ah. that person to be naked that it could it could blur the lines of what an appropriate level of nakedness is when hmm. it's not when it's a situation outside the home so i thought that was really interesting one of the things was like you know if a a boy, you know, a little boy is touching his mom's nipple once, like that's fine. But if he does it more than once, then it's maybe a sign that he is getting excited by it rather than curious oh, about it. And I was like, got it. If yeah. my kid's uh, touching my nipple, I'll be, like, I'll be, I don't I'll be think good about to go. That. So that's the answer. If you need an age, it's roughly five, six. Otherwise, it's kind of at your child's cue of they'll probably be like, Mom, I don't really want to see you naked anymore. Yeah. And that will be your sign. So anyway. Something the more I learned, you know. The more you know. Hashtag not an ad. So I don't think we've done this segment in a little while. We haven't talked about some of our favorite products in quite some time. Yeah. But we are today. Well, Juliet, go on. <laughs> what is your hashtag not an ad fave this week? So I, um, I'm actually not the biggest fan of most condiments. Oh. I, I'm not. I don't like mustard. I like mustard in our man pleasing chicken recipe that we like a lot. Truth, I haven't made that in quite some time. I know. We That's should, a good we should one. put that recipe up on our Instagram. <laughs> yes. um, so I, I, but I don't like put mayo or mustard or anything like that on my burgers or my hot dogs or whatever. But I do like ketchup. Um, but I am trying to be mindful when I'm feeding Avi of mm-hmm. not giving her crap when I can avoid it. Mm-hmm. Um, and no added sugars and right, things like that exactly. when possible. Um, and ketchup is really oh yeah not good for you. No, that and tomato sauce can be really sneaky if you're buying it totally, from the store. Totally, yeah. I mean, they have so much in America. Yes, they have yes. So, so much added sugar. I feel like when you go to Italy, it's not really that way. But yeah. anyway, I came across a ketchup that I love that has no refined sugar in it. But it still tastes really great. And the best part is that it is sweetened um, with fruits and vegetables. Hmm. So it's still, it's not like a tomato sauce yeah. for fries. Like it does, it has Have the that. sweetness of a ketchup. But it's much better for you. So the only ingredients are tomato puree, vegetable puree, which is made with butternut squash, carrots, spinach, um, distilled vinegar, salt, onion powder, allspice, and just like a touch of sugar. So yeah. it has 50% less sugar than um, the average ketchup. 
What's it called? It's called True Made Foods. Ooh. Do they make other condiments? They do make other condiments. Um, I will tell you what they make. <laughs> they do some sauces. We're going to their website right now. Um, so they do a Kansas City style barbecue sauce mm. and um, a sriracha. And you can even buy some of these things in a jug if you'd really like. If you really, really want <laughs> they it. They have it on Amazon. Um, but yeah, now I feel a little bit better about when I'm... Because she really has been in a chicken tenders mood for lunch mm. lately. So um, I've been giving her that and a little bit of ketchup with it. And that's great. I I'm, I like ketchup. So yeah, I would, I it's, would, been, it's really been changing my, my eating game the last few months. Interesting. Yeah, I feel like I always am very conscious of... I try to avoid it because so many times, even if it's like the organic one, it just has like a boatload of sugar and mm-hmm. the tomato sauces. I always try to make my own if I can, but yeah, that's sneaky, sneaky sugar and those American foods. All right. What's it called again? True made foods. True made foods. Vegetable ketchup. Love it. You can even get it in a glass bottle if you're trying to lay avoid low the on the plastic. I love it. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. So... For our topic this week, I feel like we, this is something we've been wanting to talk about for a while, and it's a huge thing when it comes to mom guilt, and that's your post-baby body. Amen, sister. <laughs> There's so much wrapped into that, and we're for this conversation in particular, we want to put aside the breastfeeding aspect mm-hmm. of it, like all the baby sort of related stuff, because at that point, your body really doesn't feel like Right. Your own, and this is more like the wanting to get your pre-baby body back, or all of the things that kind of come along with it. And there's so many different. We angles. could spend like five episodes. Yeah, we talking could spend like this. five episodes. So consider this, this our introduction. <laughs> yes, but you know, there's two sides to this conversation. More than two sides, but two sides. I think we want to focus on, and that's like this idea of feeling the pressure to bounce back immediately. Like you see all these celebrities and they're like back in their size two jeans, like two weeks after giving birth. And it sort of sets up this unrealistic expectation. Mm -hmm. And then the other side, and I'm all for it is like embracing your post baby body, no matter what it looks like. And then there's people like us who kind of fall in the middle where you're like, okay, well, of course I'm not going to look the way I did two weeks after having a baby. I'm not Angelina Jolie. Right. But I also do want to get my my body back and I don't want to feel guilty about like totally being frustrated that I have some scars and some pockets of fat and I'm a bit heavier than I was before having a baby and I think that part of it's okay too so there's like a lot of different types of guilt associated Mm -hmm. with, with this conversation but I feel like we should talk kind of about the wanting your body back. Right. You want it back in so many ways right. after having a, a baby. Well, because you want vestiges of your pre-baby life mm-hmm. back. So much has changed. And I think, obviously, you are most intimate with your body compared to anything else in the world. Mm-hmm. And after having a kid, it feels not like yours, especially in those early days of recovering, whether you had a C-section and you're sore there, whether your vagina sore, if you're breastfeeding, then, you know, your body really feels like it belongs to someone else. So mm-hmm. in those early days, forget it. It's yeah. just like, it doesn't feel like yours at all. But then, you know, sort of once you maintain, once you find that stasis and mm-hmm. maybe you're done breastfeeding or maybe you're not, but just when you're back in the routine, it's, I think it's hard to be in a body that doesn't feel like yours. Yes. And I think 
in the past, there's been a lot of emphasis on like, but you gave birth to a new life and shouldn't that be enough? And it's like, well, okay, you yeah. know, yes, yes and, and no. no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm so happy that my body was able to carry a baby to term, but also I have a lot of expensive clothes in my closet <laughs> that I do want to wear again. And I do want to feel sexy and I want to mm-hmm. feel like myself again. And I, f- there's a lot of guilt associated with I guess, again, like taking time for yourself to do um, whatever you want to do to get back to whatever body you want to get back to. But I think that can be part of your healing process and and reckoning with becoming a a mom as Mm -hmm. well. And so I don't think we should guilt women for wanting to feel that way. I mean, for me, I remember when I went to my six-week postpartum and they're like, okay, you're cleared for exercise. I was ecstatic. I was so excited to Mm -hmm. just go, and not necessarily for weight loss, but just to get back to the gym Mm -hmm. where I went a lot before she was born and and to take a cardio class and get my heart pumping and just be in a room with adults also. Um, I think it's really important for your mental health to have that exercise time. Mm -hmm. Um, And I am glad that I find joy in it. Yeah. And to feel like you're making progress for something that's purely your own thing. It's you, it's your body. And so much of your life is already dedicated to this other human being Mm -hmm. and your significant other or whatever. There's so many things pulling you in another direction. And I always found working out and like it's a mark of progress like you can see well I can do more push-ups now right. or I can you know run another mile than I did or faster and it just is something that's like selfish in the best of ways and a mark of just like physical progress that always for me at least made me feel better it made me feel stronger and working out and getting that energy out and feeling fit I think ultimately makes me a better mom mm-hmm. because I just... Because you're in a better mental place yeah. when you have that clarity and that peace of mind. Yeah, and, for and sure. And like you said, like, you know, you want to feel sexy. Like, I want to... Even if my husband tells me I'm beautiful and doesn't care what my body looks like and all of those things, like, it, it really doesn't have anything to do with him. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I want to feel sexy around my husband. and it, Even if he's telling me the sweetest things in the world, and he does, mm-hmm. but... I definitely wanted to feel like myself again so I could be, you know, yeah. feel like I was well, a, a good partner. Well, you want to be sexy for yourself, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's so many different aspects to it. So I don't think you should feel guilty about, and maybe not wanting your pre-baby body back, like, your body's going to change. Right. There are definitely spots on my body now that have pockets of fat that never used to get pockets of fat before. Yeah, so Jordy and I were just <laughs> discussing how there's just areas, like, back fat. Yeah, like where did that come from? I don't know. And honestly, I mean, look, Avi's almost four at this point, and I'm I'm back to almost working out as much as I did before she was born. So I'm like, I think this might be here to stay. So <laughs> yeah. like, do I love that? No, I don't. Yeah. So and that's, and that's, I mean, that's part of the process. That's, that's the embracing the part of it. Right. Like, yes, of course, our bodies change. They went through remarkable things, but you're definitely not where you. You, you know, you don't look the same way you right. did. Yeah, like, my boobs are never going to be as perky <laughs> oh as they God. were before. My boobs are so so much smaller now. I, I, they were it was a blessing breastfeeding. I'm like, whoa, look at these tits, and now I they're know. just like they're. I don't know. They just lost their perkiness too. Yeah, they're just kind of there now. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> but you know, and that is that's part of the embracing it and not right. feeling guilty about it. I'm like, all right, they got teeny tiny boobies again. 
Um, but also, I think I, I think it is important to, if you want to feel a certain way and look a certain way that there's like literally nothing wrong with that. And it's interesting totally. because I saw that, I remember this was a while ago, but this mom, I don't even know who she is, but she posted this photo. It was like a picture of her with like rock solid abs and, um, and she had three little boys around her and she's like, if I can do it, you can do it. And she got so much backlash and it's like, well, that was, that, that that's was, her that's choice. her choice. Yeah. And her boys are healthy and happy and, yeah. you know, she figured, again, a lot of genetics plays into this too. Maybe, maybe right. she had it a bit easier. Like, I don't think I would ever have a six pack. <laughs> um, I just don't think it's in the cards for same, me. Same, same. Um, or I'd have to go to such extremes that I would not be happy. But, like, if it makes her happy and she feels good about it, like, she should be celebrated. I feel like it's this weird thing where, like, if you, you're supposed to look good. But if you try to look too good, right? Then you're taking way too much. Then you're time taking away way from too your much children. time for your, I know. your children. Ugh. So that's where that sort of guilt comes in. Because either way, you're damn. Right. I mean, it's the story of you know. And I mean, your body makes a lot of sacrifices to carry a child. I mean, you are currently dealing with an yeah. injury right now. Yeah, I um, at the very towards the end of my not about a month before I was due. So I'm Wilder was a week late. Um, <laughs> my body released relaxin, which is supposed to do to make the birthing process easier. And it did. I had a very easy vaginal birth with an epidural. <laughs> Let me put, put that in there. Caveat. Um, but after the fact, basically it kind of threw my hips out of alignment without me really knowing. I knew that I was uncomfortable towards the end of my pregnancy, but like who isn't uncomfortable right. towards the end of their pregnancy? And I just kind of brushed it off and I went back to the gym and I started going back to the gym harder than I think my body was ready for. Mm -hmm. And this was a few months ago and I came home and I couldn't walk. I was in so much pain. I had to call Ross to come home because I literally couldn't take care of the baby. And I finally went to a doctor a little while ago and I have SI joint dysfunction. It's basically because I gave birth and because I carried a baby and I have to get, I can't go to the gym right now. I can only really walk. They said I can swim, but I don't really like swimming. Um, except, <laughs> except, except when I jump out of helicopters, right. and go yeah. but, um, at that point I'll go swimming. But so now I have to go to physical therapy every single week to work on getting my hips in alignment. I have to do exercises at home every day until I can like get back to the gym the way I want to be. I even froze my gym membership because I just, Aww. I can't use it. And it's, it's frustrating. Like, cause mm-hmm. I want to be at a certain place. I want to be able to run five mm-hmm. miles and not come home and be in pain. Right. So Again, it, it's again that acceptance and also like wanting to push my body to be the best that it that it can be for me mm-hmm. because it, that it really makes me happy. And your body does go through a lot, and these are things that they never tell you about, like SI joint dysfunction after yeah. giving birth. What and is SI? Like, really, it's oh yeah, like really common for women after pregnancy. I'm like, what the fuck? Don't they tell you these things? So I know. I mean, okay, a bit of a tangent here, but I feel like when you go for your six week postpartum. Mm-hmm. Mine at least was so perfunctory. It was like, okay, like your stitches are fine. That's it. That's it. Bye. That's it. This is a larger conversation. Right. We can say that for another time, but. I feel like they. But like they potentially could have diagnosed that for you at your six week postpartum. If they really checked for it. If they really had checked for it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? The the thing is that like they always tell you like, well, of course you just just gave birth. So you're going to be uncomfortable. I had a, 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 an acquaintance of mine who had a urinary tract infection. She thought she did. She went to the doctor. They're like, uh, you just gave birth. No wonder you're uncomfortable. It turned out she had a urinary tract infection. Oh, man. You know, big picture, I feel like your baby goes for a checkup. You should go for the same checkups 
every single time your baby does in the first year. I totally agree with you. Like, check in with the mental state of the mom, because I went through a lot of, you know, uh, postpartum anxiety, not when Wilder was first born, but when I started weaning from breastfeeding. My hormones got thrown totally out of whack. I thought something was wrong with me. I didn't know what was happening. It wasn't until I I was talking to a friend about it who said, oh, yeah, I went through the same thing. It wasn't until they put me back on birth control did I start to feel better again. And lo and behold, when I went back on birth control pills, I felt better again. <sighs> but, like, you know, no one warned me. And I yeah. suffered for a good, like, six weeks of thinking that something was wrong with me and that yeah. I hated motherhood and I couldn't handle it and all these things. I still feel that way sometimes. But <laughs> not that I <laughs> As hate, we all do. Not that I hate motherhood, but that I, that I can't handle it sometimes. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so it's like, if someone had ch- been checking in on me at like Wilder, around Wilder's six month appointment and 10 month appointment, mm-hmm. and like maybe the, some of these issues would be preventable or mm-hmm. you could start treating them and I wouldn't have gone back to the gym too hard too exactly. soon. Exactly. Done a, you know, sprint jog treadmill class and hurt myself. Totally. My body wasn't ready for it, but. You know, that's why we should move to someplace like the Netherlands where they've got midwives that check up on you or however it works over there. Yeah. No. It's all free. Scandinavia's just got their... And they have gravlocks. They're really winning over there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a solution. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Our next episode, we will be uh, recording live from Copenhagen. Um, No, but I think, yes, the moral of the story is it's okay to listen to your body mm-hmm. and have it tell you what it needs. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's it for now. Don't forget to subscribe, and we'll see you on the next episode of Decker Baggage.